wasn't that a great worship experience this morning? We're so blessed each and every week to worship with people from all over the world right here at PCC. We get a little taste of what heaven will be like each and every week right here at PCC. Um, I want you to know, too, that we could have had many more languages spoken in the worship service this morning, and that was just a small sample size of our church. Um, some of you may remember a few years ago, we, we did some surveys with our church, and one of those was on demographics. And at that time, we found that we had 29 different nationalities represented in our church. Now, that number may be a little different. Like I said, that was a few years ago. It might be a little different today, but I doubt it's off by very much. Each and every week, we get a little taste of heaven right here at Point Siena, where people from every nation, tribe, people group, and language stand before the throne of God. Uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, it's so cool. I'm so glad that I get to be a part of that. I hope that you realize how blessed you are too. As you can tell, this Sunday is a little different than a normal Sunday here at PCC. This is our missions Sunday. Um, the flags are hanging in the worship center. We had um, a little different worship experience. I'm actually wearing a mission shirt. This is one of my India shirts. Um, we all got shirts made in India, and it's funny, it became a little joke. We, we had the best tailor in a small town in a third world country make our shirts for us. Um, we love them, and it's great. All of this for Missions Sunday. We always take the second Sunday of November to focus on missions, and you'll find a handout in your bulletin of all the different missions that we support here at PCC. This is our opportunity to share with you the importance of worldwide missions and also share with you our commitment as a church to support um, those missions and to be behind it and to be a part of the kingdom work done throughout the world. When you give to missions here at PCC, that money is distributed between those different missions on that handout. Now, the elders oversee the ratios of giving and what each mission um, receives each month, and they also oversee the distribution of that money each month. We have had different methods and different programs of mission giving here at, at PCC throughout the years. Right now, we simply rely on you to be mindful of it and to give to worldwide missions. Um, this is our opportunity to stress that importance, and we may highlight it a few different times a year, but we rely on our church family, all of us, really, to think about missions, to pray about how we can participate in that through giving and through supporting those missions. And you can do that a few different ways. If you use the offering envelopes, there's a line on there for worldwide missions, and you can designate how much you want to go toward that. If you give online, there's a drop-down box that you can click for worldwide missions, and you can give that way. If you give with check, you can simply write um, missions offering or worldwide missions in the memo line. And that all goes toward our missions that we support here. And um, I will say this. This is an offering 
We, ha- we have tithes and offerings. This is an offering over and above what you normally would give. Some of you have never given to missions before, and I hope that you will begin to pray about um, what that might look like in the upcoming year for you. There are so many different missions that you can support and so many charitable organizations out there um, that you you can get behind. Um, But I want you to know that each of the missions that we support here has been vetted, and we are fully confident that the money we give them goes to kingdom work. Sadly, there are some organizations out there and some even mission organizations out there that are not concerned about advancing the kingdom. Rest assured, the money you give to missions through PCC goes to kingdom work, and you will be a partner with spreading the gospel throughout the world. And so we stress the importance of giving um, and giving to missions. It's something God has always required of his people. He asked his children to return a portion of the resources and the money that he has entrusted to us, and we can do that through um, the church. It's an act of worship and it's an act of faith. And by giving your tithes and your offerings through the church, you are contributing to the work of God, not only in this church, but throughout the world. You, like I said, become a partner in that kingdom work. And so thank you. Thank you for giving, not only to this church, but being mindful of the missions that we do support. And thank you. We, We really appreciate that. Today we focus on this kingdom work throughout the world and we um, remember specifically those missions that we support and we are reminded how God uses ordinary people like you and I to advance his plan, to advance his gospel and uh, we get to be a part of that. That's why we do today and we want to be mindful of that. Today is also the second installment of our series entitled Bold. Now, today we're going to marry these two things together, Mission Sunday and the sermon series, Being Bold. It's really not that difficult either. Some of the boldest people I know are missionaries. They often move halfway across the world to a place where they're unfamiliar. They may not even know the language. They have to go to language school. They don't understand all the customs. They have to watch and learn the different customs of that that place and get to know people and ask questions. They move away from their family and their parents and grandparents and brothers and sisters. And um, they go to places. They take the gospel to places sometimes where um, it isn't friendly where the gospel isn't welcome. And so sometimes they even um, put themselves and their spouses and their children in harm's way. And this is a bold move. But they're, they're also obedient. They're obedient to God's call. They, they respond when God calls them to go to a different people group and to show them love and to share Jesus with them. And that's the challenge that I want you to get this morning. Bold obedience. You don't have to be a missionary or a minister or be in vocational ministry to demonstrate bold obedience in your life. Every child of God should live their life with bold obedience. They should demonstrate that in their life, and that means even you. So what does this look like? Well, we're going to look at one man's life in the Bible to see how his bold obedience can teach us. 
We're just going to take a brief survey of his life. But by doing this, he will show us what this looks like. We first meet Abraham in the end of Genesis chapter 11. Now, we don't really get to know him until, the, until chapter 12, but he's introduced in the end of Genesis chapter 11. And then you can read about his life and all that takes place through Genesis 25. And so there's a lot there. There's a lot of different stories. There's a lot of different people in and out of his life. And um, you can read that on your own sometime. But Abraham boldly obeyed God throughout his life. And we see the first example of this very early on. In the first part of Genesis chapter 12, we see Abraham begin to boldly obey. Now at this point, I'm going to point out, he's known as Abram. We know him as Abraham, but he had another name early on. It was Abram. And so when I read these scriptures, you will see Abram, but we know him as Abraham. He wasn't given the name Abraham until later on when God solidifies a covenant with him and gives him a new name. And so look at Genesis 12.1. The Lord has said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. And just a few short verses later in verse 12, so Abram, in verse 4, so Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. Now God asked Abraham to leave his family, to leave the community that he was a part of, to leave the place that he called home, to go to a new place. A place that that he didn't even tell him that much about yet. He's like, I will show you as we go along and I'll let you know once you get there. God asked Abraham to pack up everything he had and start out on this journey. And like I said, he didn't even tell him exactly where he was going. Now, we are a little uncomfortable with this, aren't we? We want more details, right? Especially if you're a planner. Are there any planners out here today? Any of you like to plan? You, you make lists and spreadsheets. Anybody make a spreadsheet for the last vacation? There's a few hands. Um, if you've been around me long enough, you know this is not me. I'm, I'm not a planner. I'm spontaneous. I'm like, let's just figure it out as we go. It'll all be fine. And um, my sister is a planner, and my wife has tendencies. And so <laughs> we, 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 we butt heads every once in a while. This last trip we just took a couple weeks ago to Branson, my sister made a spreadsheet, and she shared it with um, Marla and I. And um, Marla loved it. I didn't even look at it. Um, Well, I take that back. I looked at it once. I didn't know what I was looking at and quickly closed out of it. Um, I'm not a planner. But I would still want more information than what God gives Abraham. I wouldn't need a spreadsheet. I'd say, God, I don't need a spreadsheet, but just give me a little bit more. You know, right? God doesn't do that. It seems to be the way God operates. He just expects his people to obey. Even if they don't have all the answers. This is the first lesson that we get from Abraham's life of what bold obedience looks like. Abraham obeyed God even when he didn't have all the answers. Look at what the the writer of Hebrews says about this in Hebrews 11, the great faith chapter. Hebrews 11, verse 8 says, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, he obeyed and went, 
even though he didn't know where he was going. And God may not be calling you to pack up and move somewhere without knowing where to go, but he may be asking you to do something you don't quite know all the answers. You don't know what he's up to. You don't know what the end will be like. So the question we must ask ourselves today is, are we going to boldly obey God when he does this? If, if so, if we boldly obey, we are communicating to God and to others and maybe even ourselves that we fully trust him with our lives. So Abraham boldly obeyed, even when he didn't have all the answers. The story of Abraham and his bold obedience doesn't end there. Like I said, Abraham had bold obedience throughout his whole life. Later on in Abraham's life, God asked him to do something else that to us seems kind of crazy and strange. You see, God made this covenant with Abraham. And, and when I say covenant, I mean a, an agreement, a, a promise, but it goes two ways. And so Abraham had to do something to, to complete his part of the covenant, to keep his end of the covenant. And this is what God asked him to do in Genesis 17.10. This is the covenant that you and your descendants must keep. Each male among you must be circumcised. You heard that correctly. Later on, in chapter 17, verse 24, it says, Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised. Now, I'm not going to expound on this. I'm just going to get to the point. This is the second lesson we learn from Abraham's life of what bold obedience looks like. Abraham obeyed God even when it wasn't comfortable. We can imagine that was not comfortable for a 99-year-old man. As uncomfortable that must have been for Abraham and all the other males, don't forget about them and his family, it really was only a temporary thing. Abraham's life had other discomforts in it as well that was much longer lasting. Again, the writer of Hebrews shows us what this looks like in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 9. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. You see, sometimes God may be asking us to do something that is outside of our comfort zone. And for Abraham's sake, he was living as a, as a stranger in a foreign land. He couldn't even build himself um, houses and, and communities. He lived intense. God may ask you to do something that is uncomfortable. I don't know what that might look like in your life. Maybe that's helping someone who you don't really care for, <laughs> a co-worker or a neighbor. Maybe it's being more generous. Maybe that's uncomfortable to you. Maybe it's serving more, maybe in the church or in the community. Maybe it's to share Jesus with that person who God has laid on your heart who you just can't seem to bring up the subject. So uncomfortable. I don't know what that looks like for you. Everyone's comfort level is different. 
But I do know this, that we grow spiritually when we're uncomfortable. When we get out of our comfort zone, that's when God develops us and causes growth in our life. And so we ask ourselves the question, will we boldly obey God even when it's uncomfortable? You see, it's easy to obey God when it's in our wheelhouse, when it's something we really enjoy doing or like doing. It's easy to obey then. But what about the times it's uncomfortable? We all could say, at least I'm not Abraham, right? <laughs> not only did God ask Abraham to move to a place he didn't even know and to live as a stranger in a foreign land and to own up to his part of the covenant, he asked a lot more from Abraham. Some of you are probably familiar with this part of the story. God's part of the covenant that he made with Abraham was that Abraham would have... A, a ton of descendants, countless descendants, that Abraham would become the father of many nations. And, and the problem with this was Abraham didn't have a son to where all these descendants could come from. Abraham and his wife Sarah couldn't have any children. And Abraham and Sarah are both um, old by this time. They couldn't have any kids. So he didn't have a son where all these descendants that God promised him would come from. Well, God said, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. You and Sarah are going to have a boy. And they did. And they named him Isaac. And Isaac is the one where all these descendants came from. There's a lot more to this story. But as Isaac begins to grow, all of a sudden God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son. And that's mind-blowing to us. We can't imagine a request like that, especially from God. God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. The son who Abraham loved so much. The, the son who made Abraham a father when he was 100 years old. The son who would fulfill the promise that God had given him that he would be father of many nations. In Genesis 22, verses 1 through 2, we see this play out. It says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The chapter goes on, the story goes on. They prepare to go to this place where Abraham will sacrifice his son Isaac. And later on in verse 9 through 10, it says this, when they arrived at that place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac. He, he bound him up, tied him up, and laid him on the altar. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son. It's a sacrifice. This is a crazy story. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with this story, I want to let you know that Abraham didn't kill his son. God intervened, and he provided a different sacrifice. 
But I believe that if God didn't intervene, Abraham would have killed his son that day on that altar because he boldly obeyed God. And this is the, the third example, the third lesson that we see from Abraham's life of what it looks like to have bold obedience. Abraham obeyed God even when it could have cost him something. Even when it could have cost him something, not really something, but everything. Even when it cost him everything, he was willing to obey God. Hebrews 11, 17, looks back at this story too. It says, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. And, and like I said, I believe if God didn't intervene, Abraham would have killed his son that day. And I think the writer of Hebrews believes the same thing. He goes on to say, it's not on the screen, but he says, he who embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. And Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. So in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the death. You see, Abraham believed God's promise that he would have countless descendants and that he would be the father of many nations. He believed that and he believed that God would keep his promise no matter what that God somehow would, would keep that promise, and through Isaac, he would have descendants. Even if he killed him that day on the altar, he believed that God would do something, maybe even a miracle, maybe even raise him from the dead. And, and it's amazing that we see this in Hebrews 11, that Abraham reasoned that God could even raise him from the dead. This is before any resurrection had ever taken place. Abraham fully believed that God would keep his promise. And I love that phrase, Abraham reasoned. He thought this through. He thought back to those promises God has made. He thought through all the things that God had promised him. He thought through. He reasoned. He spent time thinking about, and he reasoned that, you know, God could even bring him back from the dead. Abraham believed God could do anything even miracles, to keep his promise. Now that is bold obedience. So let me ask you this. What will you do next time when God asks you to do something even when it costs you something? Even when it involves a sacrifice? Are you willing to give up anything in order to obey God? Now God's not going to ask you to kill your son or daughter, even though sometimes we might think, eh, <laughs> you know, he's not going to ask us to do that. He, he might ask us, though, to sacrifice a relationship. He might ask us to sacrifice a dream. He might ask us to sacrifice the pursuit of that promotion. He might ask us to give up part of our retirement to advance his kingdom here and now. He might ask us to give up part of our vacation fund or our Christmas budget. He may ask you to give up something really valuable. Will you boldly obey? Abraham boldly obeyed, even when he didn't have all the answers, even when it wasn't comfortable, even when it cost him something. That's what bold 
obedience looks like. And that's how we, as God's children, should be living our lives. There's one more thing I want to point out about bold obedience before I wrap things up. And that is this. Bold obedience requires faith. It requires faith. Look at those verses again in Hebrews. Hebrews 11.8. By faith, Abraham obeyed and went. Hebrews 11.9. By faith, he made he lived as a stranger in a foreign country. Hebrews 11.17. By faith, Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice. By faith, Abraham was able to boldly obey. And that's what enables us to do it as well. Bold obedience requires faith. And so we can boldly obey God, even when we don't have all the answers, because we believe that God has all the answers. And we trust that he will take care of us. We can boldly obey God, even when it's not comfortable. Because we believe God will provide for our every need. And we can trust whatever he has for us is much better than that is that we're giving up. We can boldly obey God even when it may cost us something. Because he will see us through. We can boldly obey God because we believe in him. We can fully trust him with our lives. What does that look like for you today? I don't know. Is God asking you to do something even though you don't have all the answers? Is he asking you to do something uncomfortable? Is he asking you to give something up? I have one more question as we close out today for you to think about. Do you have enough faith? Do you trust God enough to boldly obey? Stay.